Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Lakeland.edu Slash get started. So a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, Jacob Morley, who was our draft analyst on draft night last Thursday night, uh, will join us here in about 15 minutes. And we're going to go over the draft with him and uh, want to see his thoughts. Uh, Jacob Morley was doing some patting on the back on social media. I don't know if you saw it or not. He uh, posted to uh, he pinned, I should say pinned a tweet of his uh, to Twitter from, I think it was 2020, I want to say, or something like that, or maybe it was 2021. Um, 2020, was it, right? 2020, uh, saying that Christian Watson would be a perfect wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. That was two years ago. Um, and then they they drafted Christian Watson. I'm telling you, the dude is super talented. Um, and I think I said, I know I said it on draft night. Um, he reminds me of Ben Fennel. Just so much reminds me about Ben Fennell. So uh, we'll see what happens. Just got a press release from the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think it's worth the breaking news thing, though. Due to the anticipated rain and low temperatures, Tuesday night, the Bucks watch party presented by Motorola Edge will be operating with limited services in the plaza at Deer District for Game 2. Fans are still encouraged to come watch the game in the Deer District, where the game will be shown on the screens in the plaza and beer garden, as well as inside Deer District establishments. Outdoor food and beverage sales will be limited to the covered beer garden and uh, Tiki Hut. Uh, We look forward to hosting the Bucks watch party presented by Motorola Edge for Game 3 on Saturday. So tomorrow night, if you're going to go out there and sit in the rain, uh, a little bit limited as far as food and alcohol sales go uh, during that. I am uh, a big Bucks fan. I am not a big enough Bucks fan to go stand outside and get rained on to watch a Bucks game. 
when I can watch it on my couch uh, and not get rained on at this point. Even as a young guy, Steve, I got to be in your camp on this one. And I live five minutes north of Pfizer Forum, and I still can't be bothered to walk in the rain. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll tell you this. Saturday night, uh, when I saw Blue Man Group at Marcus Center, great show as always. I think this is like fourth, fifth time I've seen him. First time I I took the six-year-old, though, and he absolutely loved it. But literally, it was pouring Saturday night. We got uh, we parked at St. Kate's, that hotel, the old Intercontinental, in the underground parking. Little did I know, apparently, there was some type of prom thing going on there. So the underground parking garage was absolutely packed. That explains that I was driving around downtown over the weekend and yeah. saw dresses all over the place. There you go. That's what was going on. Um, so uh, we get out, and I, I go to the six-year-old, and like, okay. So as soon as we get out from underneath this covering here, we're running straight to the market center. So we sat there, waited for the light to change so we could get the crosswalk signal, ran all the way in. Got done with Blue Man Group, came out, pouring even harder than it was when we walked in. And that's a further run from the market center doors to that stoplight. I'm like, okay, once I say go, we go. And that thing changed and boop, ran all the way across. Man, we were soaking wet. We looked like we just got out of the shower. So to say that I'm going to sit there in that. Now, grant you, you know, if you're prepared for it, you have an umbrella, you're just going to stand there. But even then, like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I know some of you will, and God bless you for doing it. I, I just, that's just not my deal at this point in my life. I don't think it would have been my deal previously either. Um, okay, so that's some news from the Bucks. Also got news during the big show, and we didn't get to it, uh, from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and this concerns an exhibition soccer match between FC Byron Munich and Manchester City coming up on July 23rd. Uh, it's going to be called the USA Cup, and it's part of FCB's Audi Summer Tour. Uh, and we'll see how this whole thing uh, goes from that standpoint. Now, let me just, first of all, um, say that I'm finding it hard to get excited about this. Tickets are going to go on sale Friday, this Friday, 10 o'clock. Ticketmaster.com. Packers season ticket holders will have access to an exclusive presale starting at 10 a.m. on Thursday with additional details provided via email from the Packers ticket office. Prices uh, will range from $35 to $160. The match will begin at 6 p.m. that night uh, on Saturday, July 23rd. So a 6 o'clock start, July 23rd uh, for that one. Parking for general ticket holders will be $20 first come, first served and the Lambeau Field parking lots. So for me, I don't know what it is for the rest of y'all. I have a hard time buying that the main players are going to play in this thing. I guess that I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned here. I mean, we had exhibition soccer already at what was Miller Park. And a lot of people went and you knew nobody really on either one of those teams. I don't think all that much. Now it's going to come to Lambeau. I guess I would be more inclined to go if I was guaranteed that all the top players were coming. But anytime you talk about an exhibition, anything, all of a sudden it's mm, ankle kind of hurts. Don't think I'm going to make the trip. Eh, I woke up with some back spasms. Don't think I'm going to make the plane. Sorry, guys. I mean, that type of stuff. To me, that just kind of takes away from it. Now, again, if you're a huge soccer fan and you love this stuff and you know the second-string guys on all these teams and they all excite you, excite you, 
um, to watching them play, okay, fine. All right. I I mean, I kind of get it, I guess, uh, from that standpoint. But otherwise, I just don't know if I, if I get all that excited about it. What about you, AR? Well, the thing for me that sticks out is the uh, brand recognition because FC Bayern Munich and Man City are the Big two time. of the top teams in yes. Europe right now. So even if it is just second, third stringers, there are a lot of Bayern Munich fans and a lot of Man City fans in the United States, and I've seen plenty of them around here too. See, and, and the other part of this is if they were going to do this, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'm a big national guy, right? USA team guy, right? So if Pulisic was playing, and I knew Pulisic would play in the exhibition, okay, I could maybe get down with this. Maybe, maybe I'd come see him. Or some of the other USA national guys, if they were on one of these teams playing, and I knew that, okay, they're probably going to play because it's in the U.S. or whatever else, I think I'd get down with it. But I'm looking here at the press release. Um, Zach Steffen, I guess, uh, is on uh, Man City. Um, so if you like Zach Steffen, I mean, I guess that's one guy that you could go uh, watch, if providing uh, he's in goalie. I would assume he would be. So Stefan is one of the guys that's that's a goalkeeper for them. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. How excited are y'all to go watch a soccer match in Lambeau? I mean, it's something different. It's something unique. Like I, I give the Packers all kinds of credit for trying this, but it'd be like saying um, the Brewers and pick a team. The Dodgers are going to have an exhibition game um, in Germany. Right, they're gonna go play an exhibition game in Germany in some dome stadium in like December, right? And here we go, and then people buy their tickets, and there's no Christian Yelich, there's no Willie Adamas, there's no Rowdy Tellis, there's no Corbin Burns, and instead you get you know Ethan Small is pitching uh, for the Brewers, who highly ranked prospect, but not anybody that anybody over there knows at this point, right? You got a bunch of minor leaguers that are playing, and then the the regular guys that you have out there aren't the regular guys that anybody really cares about seeing one way or the other. That, to me, is the the hit and miss part of this, I guess, one way or the other. If they're going to say, we guarantee that our starting lineup for both teams is going to be there, they're both going to be there um, at Lambeau, then I think it's a great deal. But if not, then you better just love soccer because you're just going to say that you were there that you witnessed history, because that's kind of what this is, is history, uh, in Lambeau, which again, very cool. Um, but like star power, like, you know, the, you know you're know, you not going to have um, some of these guys that, that you necessarily know and love and root for one way or the other. Furthermore, you have you gone out to these bars for the, the soccer matches or whatever? Myself? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, a couple of times since they've moved here, Nomad on Brady Street's kind of been the place Perfect to go. soccer bar. Right, okay. So... When you're there, how much fandom would you say there is for both of these squads? Quite a bit. Uh, the last time we were there, they were having a pork roast, so it was packed shoulder uh, to shoulder. With the pork roast or with the people? Yeah, pun intended. Right, yeah. Um, so, but we'll see. I, I would imagine they'll probably sell quite a bit. I don't think they're going to sell it out, though. Do you think they're going to sell it out? That's going to be people? tough. That 80,000 in Northeast Wisconsin. I mean, they're two Shall big I programs, know? but I don't think they're going to sell it out. The other thing I'm curious about is, will people from over in Europe travel to go to Lambeau? Well, we're sending people over to London in a few That's years. That's what I'm saying. 
So that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, from that perspective, you know, will you see Lambo sell out with 80,000 people for an exhibition soccer match because it's Lambo? With all due respect to Miller Park and American Family Field, it's not Lambo, right? I mean, it's a baseball stadium, yes. But this is bucket list stuff. This is Wrigley. This is Fenway. Uh, this is, well, I mean, you can't even say Yankee Stadium anymore, but old Yankee Stadium. That That's kind of what it was. And that's what Lambeau is. And I think if you're Green Bay and the Packers, you're hoping you draw the international visitors uh, to come here to watch that match. And you hope you draw fans from around the country to come watch that match. Because there's, I mean, there's Premier Soccer League fans all over the country, all over the world, obviously. Soccer is the number one sport in the world. Even though you listening may not like it and may find it boring and not get into it, it is the number one sport in the world. And the Packers... What, Packers and Cowboys, Steelers, those three are probably the three biggest NFL brands in the world for those that, that kind of follow the NFL. So it seems like it's a match made in heaven as far as maybe trying to get this thing sold out. If I'm guessing, I would guess 30000 That would be my guess. I don't know if they even fill it up halfway. But we'll wait and see. Coming up next, Jacob Morley, our draft analyst on draft night last Thursday night. We'll get into the Packers draft and see what he thought of the Packers draft. I think he's pretty happy with it, but we'll find out for sure. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Rami Makhlouf, the Rami Show, comes up here at 3 o'clock. Joining us now. One of my favorites. He's so good. Like, we have guys on that obviously you guys have heard of and know of in the whole deal. And now I feel like we're introducing you to another rising star. So, for instance, Chad Ryder's been around with us for however long it's been. Um, 17 years, I guess it's been. 18 years Chad Ryder's been with us since before he got the NFL uh, deal. Um, so we've had him forever. We've had Ben Fennel for five, six years, something like that. Now he's blown up uh, and he's on the scene uh, and love Ben, love Chad, those guys. And I feel like this guy's the next guy I'm telling you, I, I said it on draft night uh, that I thought he was the next guy. Stand by that. I think he's the next guy. Uh, Jacob Morley joins us now here on the great Midwest bank hotline. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Hey man, thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh man. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the kind words. That's uh that's very flattering. Yep, I, I think you are. It's just a matter of, you know, breaks and, and getting the right people to see your stuff and so forth, and I think uh, away you go. I, all right, so let's let's talk about uh, first uh, that, that first round that we were all a part of, you, me, and Gary on draft night uh, on Thursday night. And Friday we had you on the show, and you said after, you know, you kind of thought about it and so forth, whatever the case may be, uh, that you were a little bit more sold on Walker. Well, now when we look at what the rest of that draft – provided uh, for the Green Bay Packers, they didn't stop necessarily uh, on the defensive side of the ball after those couple of picks. They went offense for a little while, but then they came back and took that outside linebacker from South Carolina. Uh, and I, I don't know what you think. We had uh, Chad Ryder on earlier uh, during the Wendy's Big Show, and I, and I said to Chad that you know watching him on film, watching him at the Combine, uh, it's good numbers, but he seemed a little stiff to me. Uh, and Chad made the comparison of Zadarius Smith coming out of college, and that was kind of the knock on Zadarius Smith as well. What do you make of him? Yeah, that's that's the name that's getting floating around for sure is Zadarius Smith because when you do watch him, you look at the, the hand usage that he has. I mean, this kid's got just violent, violent hands, and he's um, his hand placement is good too. And maybe he isn't the, you know, the alien-type athlete and, 
you know, those are the guys that typically pan out at the edge position is you do need those athletic tools and measurables. And that position is maybe more dependent on that than any other position. But if you don't have them and you want to get a guy like Zadarius Smith, you know, Zadarius is kind of like the outlier of, of that whole deal because he didn't test well, but he played the same way where you can play him on the outside, inside. And he's kind of one of those guys that's like, you know what, the straightest path to a quarterback is, or the quickest path is, is straight through. And that's kind of, that's kind of who he is. And I think Packers fans are really going to like him. So when you talk about him and then you add in the Quay Walker factor, I mean, I feel like if this dude works out, Kingsley works out, then maybe Walker does get more relegated to maybe being that inside guy, maybe more so than outside. Am I right or am I over uh, overreacting to one guy? No, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, with Quay, it'll be, it, that's going to be interesting what they do with him because of his tools that he has. Is Do they want to play him inside? Do they want to move him all over the place? My first initial reaction was, oh, they're going to play him everywhere just because – that's how I kind of rash, you know, you know, you made that rationale in my head. Um, but, you know, looking now, maybe, maybe they do just want to play more uh, two inside linebacker sets. And that's the plan that they want to move forward with um, and kind of have Quay maybe be that edge four. Um, but I don't think you're too far off base with that, with, you know, Kingsley coming in. Uh, it, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those things that we just have to watch as they get into camp. And I'm sure a lot of those questions will be answered just as we move forward and, you know, specifically how, you know, now that they got the guys in the building, how are they going to use them? You know, we were talking on Thursday night about uh, you and Gary both wanting uh, George Pickens in the worst way, uh, and they didn't take George Pickens. Uh, and then that put us in a situation where going into uh, Friday, he was still there. Then the Packers trade up, giving up two second-round picks. We're like, oh, my goodness. Here we go. And then it's it's Christian Watson at that point. And I want to get your thoughts on Watson. But first, we had Buck Baluan, who played uh, with Georgia, former Georgia quarterback back in the 70s and 80s. He works, uh, does a show on 680, the fan in Atlanta now. And we asked him about Pickens, and he said pretty much, because uh, I asked him, why do you think he fell? And he said, if he decides he wants to play professional football and, and go all in, he thinks he's going to be really, really good uh, in the NFL. But the question is whether or not he wants to do that. Um, and it feels like that's the reason why he fell was the people just weren't sold whether or not he was totally committed to the game of football. Yeah. And that's the stuff that we never know. Uh, you know, we can do all the work on the back end of it and look, watch the tape and uh, read the tea leaves, but we really, you know, we don't have a chance to sit down with these guys and just really see what they have um, internally. And the stuff that we were hearing about Pickens before the draft was, you know, maybe some immaturity stuff. Maybe he, you know, didn't want, didn't, you know, was more about the kind of the flashiness of playing the game and maybe not about the grittiness of it. Um, the thing I'd say with that, how I kind of, you know, sorted through that in my mind, at least was, well, this kid came back, you know, in seven months from an ACL injury. That's not, that to me, to me, that says a kid that is going to be all in and wants to play. Now with the Packers, I, I just think, you know, they, they're a team that really likes checking off boxes. And with Pickens, he, he didn't, you know, do all the testing that the Packers probably would have liked to see. And we know in the past they have typically steered clear of guys that they're not as comfortable with as far as like maturity stuff and, and whatnot. And I think with Watson, um, he just, A, he checked more boxes and, and B, you know, they talked about kind of the between the ears type stuff. You know, I know at North Dakota State and a, a good example of this is Darius Shepard, who, 
was with the Packers a couple of years ago. Now, Darius Shepard did not have the athletic measurables to be an NFL wide receiver. This kid stuck around because he just was just highly, highly intelligent. Um, <laughs> there were stories about Darius basically helping rookies that had been there uh, or he had been there at a shorter clip than them. And he's already explaining to them like the plays, the, the route concepts, wow. all that stuff. Um, and so I think Christian, you know, is coming from a same pro- a similar program like that where you're not getting on the field and people look at it and say, well, that's FCS. But when you watch them, they run such a pro style type offense. Um, they're rotating guys, you know, in and out every play. Christian's probably playing, you know, the X, the Y and the Z. So I think, you know, he's a kid that's going to be able to come in and actually pick it up pretty quick. And that's something that Goody even talked about as well was uh, kind of how much they like his intelligence. We had Trey Watson on his brother, older brother who played at Maryland. Now he's playing Canadian football was in the XFL for a brief moment as well. And he said that uh, they were playing him at running back at times at North Dakota state at six foot four, which is insane to me. Uh, what, how much of that did you see on tape when you were watching him? Yeah, they did. They moved him all over the place. I mean, he was just a weapon for them. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, they gave him jet sweeps and stuff like that. They were run un- end around, but no, they legitimately line him up at running back and they give him a carrier to a game. Um, and I, I know kind of going through the process, everyone talks about, Hey, Traylon Burks, he is, he's Debo. He's the Debo of this class. And the more I watch Christian, Christian Watson, I just couldn't help but think, man, this guy, this guy's got some Debo in him too. And I know that's the joke is everybody's Debo, but uh, those two guys in particular, I think you talk about, you know, like contact balance and creativity with the ball in their hands. Like those are two guys and Watson specifically, you know, now he's a Packer. That's a guy I think Packers fans are going to love to watch. They're going to love to watch him as a, a kick returner. And he is explosive with the ball in his hands. And um, MVS is a guy that people are kind of comparing him to. And I would push back on that. Um, and one of the main reasons I'd push back on that is because, MVS was never the type of guy with the ball in his hands like Christian Watson is. Uh, just the contact balance and, and just the, the strength. Um, you watch Christian Watson, he's a dog. He will he will block you into the ground. He will not go down on first contact. Um, he's a really, really strong kid. And he's kind of got that wiry frame, but it's a little bit deceiving because he is an absolute dog in the weight room as well. Talking with our guy Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Uh, and so that was one of the guys. What about these uh, couple of offensive linemen that they went and selected? Sean Ryan, uh, the kid obviously there in the third round out of UCLA, and then Zach Tom uh, out of Wake Forest. What can you tell us about those two? So um, both are super Packer people, right? Like, super Packer uh, the top people. 300, I love the, it. The, uh, the, the top 100 our top 300 list that we did and you kind of go through all those check marks and stuff both those guys absolutely jumped off the page which was funny because day one was kind of confusing like oh man these guys they kind of went a different direction than I thought and day two and three was just very much like well duh and those two guys were very much well duh type people um, I think Sean Ryan I think he's going to play inside at guard and I think he's going to be really really good um, he's kind of a and he's got the feet, his, his lower half is just, you know, he's, he's a thick guy. He is a powerful guy. And I think uh, when you combine that with his ability to move and Adam Stenovich being as good as he has been the last couple of years as a coach, I think they really might have something there. Uh, Zach Tom is one of, was one of my favorites in this draft class. And, and I, and Dame Brugler threw this around. So I'm not going to claim this at all. Cause I, this is a, 
this is a swing here. But um, Dane Brugler, who writes for The Athletic, talked about how, you know, Zach Tom going to Green Bay, it reminds him a little bit of Bakhtiari when he came out of Colorado, uh, just because the knocks are similar. You know, they're both super, super good athletes, um, tested really well, incredible feet, incredible footwork. Um, but both, you know, if you remember Bakhtiari, a lot of people thought he was going to have the kick inside, you know, play guard, play center. Right. Um, Because he didn't have all the measurables and all that stuff. But one thing both these guys do a really good job of at tackle is they just keep their butt straight pointed at the quarterback and they don't get beat. Um, And that's kind of was the case with Bakhtiari, if you remember. They they stuck on that right tackle because Bulaga was going to play left. And the kid just never just didn't lose, just wasn't losing in camp. And so I would not be surprised if Zach Tom has a similar kind of training camp where he's just not losing. And they're just like, well, let's just keep this kid at tackle then. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if, but if that doesn't work, I think he could play guard center. And I think you look at the Packers and, man, they love those guys that can play everywhere. And I think that's who he's going to be for this team. How much of this has to do with them maybe not trusting or buying into Runyon uh, and Newman, who they drafted last year? I don't know. It's, it, it'll be interesting. I think they like Runyon and Newman, but – you know, this team in the past, the last couple of years, this, they've, they've lost games because they're losing offensive linemen and they're getting down to that eighth, ninth guy. I think, honestly, they just want that. They just want nine guys that can play. And it, it might be the case that, you know, Newman and Runyon still start at guard and maybe they, they win the battle and they're your starting guard. And maybe they just want competition there with depth and they want two guys like, uh, like Tom and like Ryan that can play tackle, can play guard, and it just adds that different layer of versatility to the offensive line room that um, has kind of been the strength of this team. How much do you think this solidifies Jenkins going to right tackle when he's healthy? Oh, lock it up. I think you just lock it up. And that was, I don't know if you saw the clip of uh, Goody when they asked him about that too, and he just kind of laughed and said he can play wherever he wants. That's right. And that's pretty accurate. Yep. Um, but I think, I think, if I'm if I'm if I'm Elton Jenkins, I'm pounding the table to play tackle. More money, that tackle money. You yep. know, <laughs> so, yeah, no doubt. Um, I think he can do it, and I think he can do it at a super high level. Um, and if I'm the Packers, if you look at getting your best five out there, it, it is feasible now to look at it and say, well, our best five includes Elton Jenkins at right tackle. Oh man, this if, if, if these guards are as good as we think, and I like Myers at center to go along with Jenkins at right tackle. This this line is going to be fun to watch uh, going forward, regardless of who's at quarterback. Now another wide receiver that got taken, uh, who clearly uh, has become a fan favorite uh, because of all the highlights you can get on social media nowadays. Romeo Dobbs has been that guy. Uh, from the University of Nevada, um, and one of our uh, listeners, uh, Fitness Steve, he goes by, uh, called in uh, on Friday and said they should go draft this dude, and then they did. Uh, what do you what do you make of Romeo Dobbs from Nevada? Yeah, Dobbs and, and Watson were both pretty big fan favorites because they're guys you look at and say, man, these are Packers receivers. Uh, just the size, weight, speed. Um, but the thing with with Dobbs that I really like, and you kind of go back to Ted Thompson and what he drafted. They, he liked the, you know, he liked the athletic measurables, but he liked the guys that were super productive as well. And that stops at Nevada. He's a back-to-back thousand-yard receiver, high volume of catches. People are going to knock him because he's got some drops on his resume. Um, but he, that's kind of what happens, guys. When you get thrown 120 balls a year, you drop some of them. That's that's no wide receiver is not going to be that way. So. That doesn't bother me as much with him. 
Um, but you, you look at him, and I just tweeted it out to watching him at the Senior Bowl. He looks like he's built like a tight end. He is a big dude. Um, and the, the, the physical comp that I made to him is James Jones, just because that's uh, they're both just, I mean, muscles on top of muscles. And so I think people are going to see him in training camp and see him in person and go, geez, like this guy, this guy is, uh, he's something. And so I think, you know, the, the situation of everything matters too, right? These, both of these guys, both Watson, Dobbs and Torre, you know, the seventh rounder, they hit the quarterback lottery. You know, they're going to a team that a needs young talent at wide receiver and B has Aaron freaking Rogers throwing them the ball. So everything's going to be in front of them as far as opportunity. So that, you know, Dobbs is a guy that I think might surprise some people with, um, with maybe not per, I don't think, I don't think he'll be super productive, but I think he'll be able to find a role really quickly in this offense and be a really helpful player. You know, the, the other person that I, I, I'm curious about seeing your thoughts on is the guy that they took at the very end of the draft, the wide receiver uh, from Nebraska. There seems to be a growing sense that he may end up on this team as a special teamer. Yeah, he's going to have to be. You know, if, if he's going to make this team, he better play teams uh, because you kind of get down to that sixth, seventh roster spot at wide receiver and uh, you have to play special teams. So that's going to be, you know, his calling card right away. But Man, don't sleep on him as a prospect either. He's a guy that was, you know, there was, I mean, a period of time at the FCS level, it was Watson and him were probably the best two wide receivers at that level. Because he was at Um, Montana, Montana. right? Yeah. Montana, yep. And then he transferred to Nebraska, but then all the weird COVID year stuff, he had to actually miss a year. So he's an older prospect. He's 24, I think, um, but still has a lot of untapped potential just because of kind of his uh, his route to the NFL and kind of how he got there. So he's a guy that I think, you know, definitely will um, have a shot. You know, and, and one thing that the Packers did with that selection is they've, they've created a really competitive room. And it's going to be another year where guys at the bottom of the roster, it might it might pain them a little bit to have to get rid of some of these guys and to say, you know, who are the six, seven, you know, heck, maybe eight. I don't know. I don't know. It's the 2022 NFL. Would it be that crazy to keep seven, eight receivers with the way these teams, um, you know, run out their offenses? So, He's someone that uh, is kind of a good at everything type guy. Um, not not the same level of athlete that Dobbs or Watson are, but you know his his route tree is actually decently developed. When you watch him, he's got an experience running, you know, short, intermediate, and deep routes. So he's a guy that I think can come in and you know if he can get on the same page with twelve, and that might be the that might be the biggest ticket <laughs> to any of these guys seeing the field. Something we haven't really talked about is. Who's 12 going to like the most right away? Who's going to spend the most time with him? Who's he going to trust? You know, I think 12 has come out and said, you know, my favorite receivers are the ones that the smartest ones, the ones that, you know, he can look at you and see a coverage and know that you see the same thing that he sees. Um, So that's going to be the biggest hurdle for all these guys. Talking with the guy Jacob Morley here on Sparky's Midday Madness. I I got one more for you. It doesn't involve the draft. It involves last year's draft. What did you think of Amari Rogers coming out of school, and what do you think of Amari Rogers now? Oh man, um, so Amari was a so this I could you I kind of learned a lot from Amari because Amari was the guy last year that I just you said to yourself, well heck, he's good at everything at Clemson. What's he great at? I'm not sure what he's great at, but I know he's good at everything. And sometimes in the NFL, that's not enough. You know, sometimes in the NFL, you need to have at least one dominant trait, at least one thing you can absolutely positively lean your hat on. 
And I'm not sure Amari has that. But I will say this, though, Sparky, I, I did go back and watch just recently. I went back and watched the Arizona game where it was Rodgers and no one. <laughs> you know, that was when Devontae was out. I think uh, I think Lazard and NDS were out, too. Uh, but he did some nice stuff in that game. Um, you look at him and he's a guy that, you know, obviously he's going to play in the slot. He can line up in the backfield. Um, I thought last year he didn't look as explosive to me as he did at Clemson. And he played at like 220, 215, 220 last year. And I don't know who's asking him to do that. Um, because if, if I were the coach and I, I would say, hey, how about we get you down to 205? Exactly. Yes. See if we can get some of that explosiveness back. Yep. Um, but he's a guy, you know, it, it, he's young. That's the thing, too. And a lot of people maybe have written him off because he did not have a great year as a punt returner. Like, that's well documented. Um, and I think some people kind of have that in their head. And, you know, he didn't play a ton of snaps last year on offense. So if they can find someone else to return punts and maybe let him just focus on being that slot spot receiver, who knows? Maybe he can take a step this forward this year. But um, he was I, I will say he was disappointing last year. I expected a little bit more from him coming out of Clemson. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, Laura and I have talked about that, about him losing weight uh, and shedding some of that weight off of him as far as being that key. Now, he already said he's in the best shape of his life. Now, what that means, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if that means he got even more muscular than he was already um, or if he started to go the other way now. So we'll have to wait and see. Follow him on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Very, very good. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you, Sparky. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There he is on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sorry, it's Midnight Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with the executive producer of the Wendy's Big Show and Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets now. Go get your playoff tickets for this weekend. Go right now, milwaukeeadmirals.com. Yes, AR. Is that really my entire title? What? With all the Admiral stuff included, because that's not going to fit on the business cards. You have business cards? I did when I was in the cross, not here. Well, we'll see. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we can get you business cards. Let me work on it. All right, what you got? 
All right, so I when we were in the break, I said I had something I wanted to run by you. Uh, this comes to us on our 1250 AM The Fan Facebook page. I know we don't reference Facebook a lot, but thank goodness we, we have it. We should. Because this is a very interesting comment that comes from Dan. Uh, he says that the Bucks are the new era Spurs with just a different playing style, and then he has a list of comparisons <sighs> between that era San Antonio and our era Milwaukee. He starts with Coach Budenholzer, who he equates to Greg Popovich. And then Drew Holiday is this era's Tony Parker, Grayson Allen, Patty Mills, Chris Middleton, Manu Ginobili, Giannis, Tim Duncan, Lopez, Tiago Splitter, but a better three-point shooter, Bobby, Boris Diaw, Pat Connaughton, Danny Green. Pat Connaughton's not Danny Green, stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So is Bud Tim Popovich? Because that's I'm going to draw the line there. If that's, it, that's how it starts. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to draw the line in Bud and Popovich. Um, that's interesting. I mean, you're, look, Manu, Parker, and Duncan are all Hall of Famers. Pop, Popovich, is a Hall of Famer. So for this to be true, that means Giannis is a Hall of Famer, yes. Middleton is a Hall of Famer. I think he's got a chance to be one if they win another ring or two. Uh, Drew Holiday, would he be a Hall of Famer? And then Bud. If you win two rings, I'd have to look it up with the Pro Basketball Hall or the or the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not even the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I would have to think any coach that wins two titles is probably in, right? I would have to think every NBA coach that has two rings or more would be a Hall of Famer. So if, if they go win a ring this year and Bud has two, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. Maybe I'm wrong. AR's checking right now. But I the, the comparison between this Bucks team and the Spurs dynasty is an interesting one. Yeah, we need to do a better job of reading Facebook posts. I'm going to put AR in charge of that, I think, for the big show as far as getting some more Facebook posts in because I mainly just am looking at Twitter and I have a horrible time of even of reading tweets uh, throughout the show as well. All right, coming up next, uh, Rami Makhlouf is here. And uh, I have a story for Rami Makhlouf from Friday. I was mad. I didn't text Rami, though. I texted Gary, Leroy, and Adam. Didn't text Rami because um, it was during his show. And I didn't want to get Rami mad during his show and throw him off. But since it's before his show now, I figure I'm going to let him rant here before the show and see if he gets as mad as I do. Because I was furious on Friday. It had nothing to do with the radio station. It had to do with being in my kid's sporting event and what took place at my kid's sporting event. Maybe I'm overreacting. We'll see what Rami thinks. And we'll find out what's coming up on his show at 3 here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets for this weekend. They need your support. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Rami Makhlouf is here. Rami's show comes up today. Uh, in about 10 minutes, we'll have the Rami show. We're going to find out what's coming up on his show. But first, I want to tell him what happened on Friday. You done doing chair exercises? Scratching, dude. Okay. Got to uh, get the blood flowing. I've told you this before. Before 3 o'clock, got to get the blood flowing. Okay. Um, so, uh, Friday, uh, leave here, mm-hmm. go home, get the kid. Mm-hmm. Got soccer game, his first soccer game. That's unfortunate. Uh, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... First time he's played a soccer game. Mm-hmm. So he was very excited. It was play. first game ever. 
first game soccer game ever. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, okay, very excited. So here we go. Let's soccer, go. Now, cool. again, we're talking about a bunch of kindergartners playing soccer against each other. Okay. <laughs> so very excited to go watch it. So you have to bring your own chairs to this field. Sure. Right? And sit in them, which we sure. did not do. Um, or they have some bleacher seating. So we kind of sat up in the bleachers up against the fence for some back support on the very top row, okay. and we were kind of watching his game. Sure. They have like six to eight different soccer fields kind of lined up here with all these smaller kids playing games going on, right? Okay. Kindergarten, first grade, maybe second grade. I'm not sure how old they went up to. Not very old, though. So they probably had, I don't know, 40, 50 small kids all playing, plus parents lining up and down the one side of this outdoor soccer field. This sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, especially when the Doberman came running through all of them onto the soccer field. And then the owner, hands in pockets, walking, not calling for the dog or anything like walking as the dog runs up and through and around the soccer field it goes, up and around and through, with all these little kids looking at this dog running all over. The dog stopped at one child. Guess which child? Jackson. Of course. Yep. Stopped at Jackson. Jackson is like frozen. The dog's like sniffing him. I was like, dude, nothing better happen. That's all I got to say to everybody involved. And then the dog sniff, 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 and then took off running again. Meanwhile, this dude's wife, girlfriend, whatever she was, she's off like in a backfield where there were no kids playing. So they, I don't know if they were going to like throw the ball at this dog, what they were going to do. This dog all over the place. I was so mad. You're the first person. Oh, now you're mad, huh? Well, I was overreacting when no, I would no, get no. mad. So when you're in, again, I get your deal with having a dog on a leash. Hmm. I've never argued with oh, you about that. He's mad. But you, all of a sudden. But, but see, the difference between you and me is mm-hmm. you will yell at the person to go off mm-hmm. on the person. I am not that. Yeah. I, I just sat up there, whatever, just watched the whole thing play out one way or the other. And nobody yelled at this dude for having this dog <laughs> Not one parent. <laughs> said a negative word to this dude at all. Eventually, the dog got back behind us. I don't know if they took the dog home or what they did with the dog, but that was it. I, Because, again, there were small children. This wasn't a bunch of grown adults oh, on the field. Those kids will learn some new These words that day. all small I'll tell you that kids. Right now. Those kids will learn some new words that day. It's like, dude, what you know are the you worst? thinking about? You know what's the worst about? And this guy is a perfect example. Off-leash dog people. You know what's the worst about them is they always they they always think it's not a problem. You know why? Because it's not their problem. Because the dog is fifty, hundred yards yes, away from them. It correct. ran away from them. It's not yes. their problem. Now it's society's problem. Correct. And they're very okay with that. And if something happens they're to just that dog, the, then they're not going to understand why something happened to it, the dog. It really is a signal of how entitled these people are. And I, I I would I would guarantee you more times than not, eight out of every ten off-leash dog people, you follow them around and they're day-to-day lives and they're walking around doing entitled bs like that just making their problems everyone else's problems and having no problem with it whatsoever you're the worst you're if you're hearing me right now you're the worst and i will yell at you there's (laughs) there's this there's this lady who lives on my block so mad there's this lady who lives on my block and she's an older lady and i don't mind telling you i yelled at an older lady because she deserved as much as anybody else does and she's got this little dog it's not the dog's fault i'm sure it's a great dog there are no such thing as bad dogs just bad dog owners and this dog was following me and my dog for like a block and a half. Would just get like a few steps within us, bark, 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 stop. We'd walk, it'd run up, get a few steps within us, bark, bark, bark. And your dog was doing what to all of this? My dog was pretty cool throughout the whole uh, thing because I know how to handle my dog right. and he's on a leash like he should be. And this old lady is just shuffling behind like 
losing more and more Your dog ground. Could have ate that dog. He, yes, he could have. And she, <laughs> she's losing more and more ground on us. Just going, sunshine, sunshine, come oh, back here, sunshine. No, no urgency. Not moving any faster. Not no no urgency in her voice. Not raising. Just sunshine. Come <laughs> on, sunshine. Come. And finally, I was like, lady. <laughs> Come get your bleeping dog. <laughs> I was saying the same oh thing about goodness. the sunshine this morning. Please come back, sunshine. <laughs> it was out at like 8 a.m. and then it disappeared. And Please they look come at back. you like you're the jerk. Yes. Like I did something wrong. Right. For calling you out on your BS. Yes. Because the, the whole world is just supposed to revolve around you. Nobody's supposed to say anything. Nobody's supposed to say anything to you and how you conduct yourself, whether it affects other people or not. You're just going to go through life doing what you do and not caring how it affects anyone else. You're the worst people. You're the worst people out there short of like, you know, murderers and people doing terrible things like that. I'm glad I brought this up to you because you're able to. I agree. Thank you. Thank you for I've yelled at two people on my block. Thank you for I don't care how often I see him. I don't care when I see him on the block, when I'm driving by or what. I don't care. I'm not the bad person here. You're the bad person, and, I'm, and I will yell at you again. That is awesome. That's good. I'm glad. You got all that out for me, and I didn't have to go through all that. Good. Very good. All right, what's going on I've called show the today? Parks Department. I know you people. have. Yes, yeah. I remember. That's what, that I ag- thought. That's what I thought you were overreacting. Do that again, like, too. Call me a snitch if you want. you're going over the top. Because, yeah, snitches bit. get snit- stitches. You know who else does? Dog bite victims. All right? <laughs> so either way, I'm, I might that's, be getting some stitches, right? So I'm going to go ahead and be a snitch. Keep your true. dog on a leash. That's what dog parks are for. Yes. There's a whole thing for it. There's like a whole thing where you can go and take your dog. Yeah. And they can run around. Run around as much as they want. Yeah. One time I was in the park a few months ago, since we're on this, and two big-ass dogs, two big-ass dogs come running right at me and my dog. And we're my dog again, because I know how to handle him, and he's a well-behaved dog, and he's on a leash. He's being cool the whole time. They're just running circles around us. Just run. Finally, I get to the two owners, just two dudes. Two dudes just standing there, hanging out in the park, talking, watching their dogs run around, smiling. And I look at it and I go, there's a dog park less than two miles away from here. What are you doing here with your giant dogs off leash? And they both looked at me like they couldn't believe this was happening. Like they had just complete (laughs) looks of disbelief on their face. Like they just couldn't understand that somebody was annoyed by them and their giant dogs running off leash. I think you put it, I think think you're... You putting it as far as the world revolves around us, those people. Yeah. I think that's that I think that sums it up yeah. perfectly. Yes. 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 Exactly right. And come at me at Rami is tweeting. Right. I don't care. I, I don't like I don't, you. Because I'm guessing if they're running without leash, they're probably not picking up the dog's poop. Probably not. They're just nope. letting them run and they don't want to do that. Yeah, and they the dog's don't. fifty yards away. I'm gonna walk right. over there to pick up a pile and of They don't want to be burdened by the dog pulling on him and want to go to a tree or whatever else. We'll just let them do what they want to do and I'll sit here and have a beer and talk to my <sighs> Why'd you do this before my show? I'm starting with Bucks talk. That's good. It's happy. It's fun. <laughs> I'm kind of a little bit worried about that. About what? The Bucks. Why? Very unbucks like what happened. What do you mean? Normally, Bud's Bucks teams struggle early in a series, and then they figure it out, and then they go. I know. This Very is... unbucks like to come out and just dominate somebody. It's good. And that's what happened. It's I mean, good. they put it to them. And something else, if you would have said three or four years ago, hey, Spark, guess what? Uh, Bucks gonna be a playoff series, uh, and they're gonna out physical the other team. I just said, yeah, right, sure, okay, I'll believe that when I see it, and that's exactly what happened. Why they have the most physically dominant player in the NBA and one of the best rim protectors in the NBA in in Brook Lopez, no doubt. But they were literally 
I mean, Gary showed me one video of Tatum just getting flung to the ground, yeah. nothing getting called. And the refs were letting him play. And to the Bucks' credit, they just kept bringing it at him. That ain't going to change. They're going to keep well, tossing these dudes on, around. It depends on how yeah, the whistle the game, changes. The game might be called differently. Because if the whistle changes and they don't allow them to play as physical, then how will that, that impact the Bucks? But I think they'll keep out physicaling them and, and tossing these dudes around. I, that, don't think, I don't think that's going to change. To me, if they have to shoot 53s in a game, Boston's screwed. Yeah. They have to figure out how to get to the rim or t- start taking mid-range jump shots. They took one mid-range jump shot between their two star players. They one. Can't, they can't get to the rim. Well, then they're going to have to sell for mid-range pull-ups, but they're going to have to do something. They can't rely on those type of threes. They don't have those type of shooters. Which is why the Bucks are going to win this series. Yeah. I mean, I well, we'll see. I mean, it's one game, but yeah, I, I was I was blown away by physically how much they handled those guys. Because all I heard was, oh, Boston defense, oh, Sparky, you you wait and see That's this Boston people. defense is going to be so good. Bucks are going to be in trouble, blah, 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 blah. They played good defense. Meanwhile, Grayson Allen's open, Connaughton's open. I mean, but they played good defense. The they Bucks played only better had, defense. The Bucks only the had 101 points. Oh, I understand. Yeah. But part of that was Giannis missing shots at the rim that normally he would make, right? I mean, I that, thought they did a good job a defending Giannis. They, I thought they, they did. did a good job defending Al Horford. Giannis. Yeah, Al Horford. Yeah, Horford has always created problems for mm-hmm. Giannis one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Horford for whatever reason has Giannis's number to a certain degree. So all right, the whole three o'clock hour will be Bucks Celtics. Uh, Keith Smith from uh, Spot Track, Mr. Celtics Celtic. blog, and the Front Office show. He's going to be here at three forty-five. Very emotional Celtics. Fan. Is he? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Keith likes to rhyme. You he should likes to play a lot. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 